0: Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens, and Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King.
1: And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young years. This is Raising Joy. Hi, and welcome back to Raising Joy. I'm Kristen Perch. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist
0: in Fort Worth, Texas at Cook Children's Hospital. Hey, and I'm Winnie King. I'm her sidekick. Oh, please. <laughs> please. Sit alongside and, you know, just listen and bask in her.
1: Oh, her, my gosh. You know,
0: you're ridiculous. All the intelligence, all oh, the experience, please. all of this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so, I'm so grateful.
1: <laughs> I'm grateful for you. Well, and I'm also grateful for your sense of humor.
0: <laughs> for all of our silliness. So... I understand you had a spring break trip. I did. Trip. I
1: sure did. Yeah. We got to um, go hang out with our family in South Carolina. And that Aww. was always, yeah, it's great. And we got to go to Savannah, Georgia, which I've I never love been
0: Savannah. To. Oh my gosh.
1: It was one of my favorite spots. Just we went to Forsyth Park and just watching my kids. Did you around. do
0: anything with the cemeteries? Because <laughs> they have like tours of cemeteries. Okay.
1: And... So here's a story.
0: Uh oh. So, I love it. Well,
1: <laughs> so. We stayed at a nice historic hotel, uh-huh. which is really cool. Uh-huh. Um, and I asked the concierge, you know, like I, I knew about Bonaventure Cemetery and I was like, this is really neat. And I read Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Like, I did
0: too. Years ago. years ago, yes. So I was
1: like, I, I, was I saw like, the oh, movie
0: too. Yeah, this yeah. seems
1: like neat. And then, so I asked the the gal, she, she's like, if you want to go to the cemetery, go do this golf cart tour. And I was like, Okay. Yeah, but see I have this 8 and 4 year old with me. Do we think that that's appropriate? She's like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's fine. fine." It is an hour of like driving around a cemetery, which was cool and it was beautiful and the weather was nice, but I was like, "My poor kids." They're not. This is not good. I know. And so Brian kept giving He's like, "We were the parents bringing our kids on the cemetery tour <laughs> for know. vacation."
0: I love it. It's just, it's just beautiful. It, is, it a is beautiful. The architecture is beautiful there. Um and when you're there for good weather, it's just uh, it is I'll tell you, the last time I was there um, was when Princess Diana passed away. Holy That's cow. where I was Whoa. when she died. Wow. I remember that very vividly. And I was like, golly, this is not good. Yeah.
1: This
0: <laughs> is earth shattering. Yeah, it, it was. It was. But anyway. We're back. Uh, on, to the, on to the No next. more cemetery tours. Yeah, yeah. No more. <laughs> and talk of the dead. <laughs> I know. We're done. But today we're really, really excited to have our friend and colleague, Yay. Dr. Alice Phillips on the show today. Yes. And she is a
1: pediatrician at um, Pediatric City View. She is also um, the medical director of ambulatory quality um, at Cook Children's, and she's also the chairwoman of our physician board. Wow. I know. I, I was like, we gotta, we need to acknowledge all of her greatness. I, ho- it's I hope
0: they pay you for all of that.
1: Oh, well, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of headaches, I know.
2: <laughs> We're so happy that you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And now I know where to plan my next vacation.
0: <laughs> we should all go. Around the cemeteries. We'll, we'll
2: take Raising Joy
0: uh, to Bonaventure Cemetery. Yeah, okay. Th- there you go. Raising <laughs> the, Raising the dead. Uh, Dr. Phillips, you know, as a pediatrician, I know that you have conversations with parents about mental health and their children. When does that come up? How does that come up? Do you bring it up? Do they bring
2: it up? How does that work? And, you know, it can come up in a lot of different ways. Sometimes that's what they're there to talk about, that the appointment was made because they're worried about their child's behavior. Or how their child is doing in school, and then sometimes it just comes up in the course of the of the visit. Um, sometimes I'll be doing an exam and I'll lift a shirt or roll up a sleeve and I'll see signs of cutting, and then the visit is changed. Or sometimes, you know, if it's their tenth visit for abdominal pain, and I'm like, "Hey, let's let's talk. What's going on? Tell me tell me about life." And so it, it can really. It can come up in many, many
0: ways. You know what I like about this is that, and you probably don't, but I like about this is that you're the gateway to some of these kids. You are the first line of defense to get them into where they need to be or either establish something's going on. How can I be the first line, the first link in getting them to to a better place? Uh, I know that's a lot to carry, though
2: it is and and you know we know that if you if you look at, at kids who have struggled who are having suicide attempts that many of them had an appointment with their primary care doctor in the 6 months before that happened and so it's it's a heavy it's a heavy load but we always have to be thinking about it and we always have to be looking out for it and be prepared to talk to them about it
0: Cause did that happen in medical school? Did they say, you know, this is how it's gonna go?
2: No, no. Um, I joke all, all the time that I feel like I'm. Some days I feel like I'm doing a mini psychiatry residency. You have? I, you have, <laughs> <laughs> and you have, and, and I just, I mean, it's part of what makes being a doctor so great. You never stop learning, but this one has just been accelerated so tremendously because of the needs. Mm-hmm. I think
1: I think pediatricians are in a really unique spot. Because so many of your patients you have taken care of from birth. So you can, whereas a kiddo comes to see me, it's the first time I've met them and they're struggling. So that's all I know. But you know what they were like when they were five and when they were joyful and jumping around. And now they're 13 and they won't make eye contact with you. And so you can see that change. Whereas, like, I don't have that benefit. So I, I think that's very, like, it's just they, and they also trust you, right? They want, Like they've come to you with all of their complaints and you've addressed them. And so a lot of times they don't want to come see a psychiatrist because they're like, I don't know that person. What are they going to say? And, um, but they have that relationship with their primary care doctors and with you because they know that you care about them and you're going to tell them what, how to get help and how to keep themselves safe and all that stuff. So I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah. And I think that's why I love what I do so much because of that relationship. You know, getting to know them over time, knowing their joys. And and, you know, sometimes you have to look at them and go, So is this just the normal sulky teenager phase? Mm-hmm. Or is mm-hmm. this something else? I'm not sure. Um and, and sometimes kids, they're they're really they're pleasers. They want to please all of us. They want to please their parents and, and even me. They yeah. they want to answer the questions right. Yeah. And so you really have to pay attention. It's tough. It's it tough. tough.
1: It is hard. And then also you get to do that in a very short period of time. Like you don't have the luxury that I have of a 30-minute visit, right? Yeah. Like, like if you did, I mean, just to Matt. Well, <laughs>
2: and and we try to manage that a little bit. Like if, if mom calls and we have a lot of background and we know this is going to be a tough one, then right. of course we're going to give 30 minutes. and. It's not like I'm going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't talk to you about that today. <laughs> Your time's up. <laughs> um, you know, you make time for what you have to do. Yes. And um, you just hope that everybody else the rest of the day understands Understands, that. Yeah. yeah.
1: That whenever their kiddo is having a hard time.
2: We're going to make time for their kid too. Absolutely. So that's right.
1: Absolutely.
0: How do you know when it's time for a child to be sent to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or you're saying, okay, this is way above my pay grade right yeah. now. I need to. We need to move on.
2: And and I think there's no, you know, I've never thought when it comes to mental health or so many pediatric issues, there's no like cookie cutter perfect pathway. Follow X, Y, Z, and so some of it is, how comfortable do I feel with the parents and the partnership, and are do I feel like we're on the same page? Are we moving in the right direction? And then how the child is responding. Certainly, if there's self harm or suicide. I almost always recommend reaching out to psychiatry. If it's a complex kiddo, multiple diagnoses, mm-hmm. um, kids with autism are really a challenge mm-hmm. because they don't always respond to the medications in the same ways mm-hmm. and you're going to use different protocols potentially. So those kids often, but for the vast majority, you know, your kids who are dealing with anxiety or depression at its early stages, those are the ones that we want to take care of and get help early and quickly, so that they're not needing to go to a higher level of care or want to get on top of it ahead. And
1: as a psychiatrist, we would love to be able to see everyone if if there were um, if there were enough psychiatrists to be able to do it. Um, but as you know, there just aren't, and so we're just glad that people are willing to treat because for a long time, they weren't, uh, pediatricians weren't as open to doing it. And I think a lot of it was, um, feeling anxiety. There was just a lot of anxiety about, am I going to do the right thing? Am I going to do more harm than good? Am I, um, if I get stuck, where is this kiddo going to go? Is it going to take them a year to get into a psychiatry? Like all of those questions, right? Um,
2: yeah. And I, I often wonder how you guys do it because I, Wake up in the middle of the night, and I worry about those kids. I know it's really hard you know, to. and none of us ever want to lose a child to anything, uh, and mental health especially. We just right. because then we feel like, man, what did we miss? What did we not see? What clue did we not pick up on? Um, and 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 I think that is part of what scares a lot of doctors, primary yes. care doctors, into taking up this work. But I, I kind of have a funny saying I say all the time when we're talking about this. I say there are not enough Kristen perches. <laughs> <laughs> They're too crap. There's, there's, and, and I use her as kind of just the yeah. symbol for psychiatrists. There's just yeah. not enough, enough of them. Yeah. And if we don't do it, then no one's going to do it. And the kids are going to suffer. Right. So we have to. It's just we have to.
0: So not only are you the gateway, but you're the stopgap. You know, yes. you are the stopgap yes. measure yes. for these kids when they can't get to Christian when they I mean one hundred percent you're it. One hundred
2: percent. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Okay. We don't pay you enough. They they do not. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. I, I can say that. I know that. I know that. Because that's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. And and then also I'm always I you guys are
1: charged with taking care of the whole person, right? And and wow. so like it, From they're head not to toe. right, and so like in a well child check, they're not just screening for, you know, like the depression, the anxiety, and like how yeah. the kiddo's
0: doing. I mean, yeah. you screen for <laughs> child abuse, for all kind of thing, anything,
2: everything, yes. yeah. like I mean, housing
1: insecurity, I, you know, and then all of the other health things. Yeah. So, yes,
2: you're right. They don't sometimes the enough. parents are like, another form to fill out? And I'm like, well, this one's important. <laughs> the other one's not so much. This one you really – well, they're all important. But, you know, <laughs> uh, every time we add one, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it it feels like a heavy lift for the parents sometimes. What kind of questions do you, do you guys
1: ask in the um, – like in a well-child check? Um, I, like I guess when do you start asking those questions and like what kind of questions do you guys ask?
2: So – You know, I think it's pretty routine that we all start asking about depression and screening at every single well visit, 12 and up. Okay. Uh, But recently, we have started screening just a general mental health screen, 5 and up. And then I review it with the families, and I say, you know, we screen your kids' eyes to see if they can see. We screen their ears to see if they can hear. 20% of all kids have a mental health diagnosis. We've got to screen for this, too. And when they hear that, they get it. They get it, um, and then it reassures the parents if they see that and they've been having worries. I go, I don't see anything here that worries me. But if something changes, then we can track this from and, year to year, and that way you can kind of keep it, keep an eye on it. Yeah, and then and then it's also just kind of really open ended questions with the kids. So tell me about school. Name some friends, because if you can't name a friend, that's a problem. If they can't tell me some friends, then I need to know. What do you like to do for fun? You know, how do you relax? Uh, and making sure that, that they're having lots of avenues to, to connect with people, to connect with family, to connect with friends. What kind of changes did you see in, with COVID? Like
1: in kids' mental health and like how they're answering those questions mm-hmm. when all of our in-person interactions went virtual and what, what did you see?
2: Saw anxiety. Skyrocket. Really anxiety skyrocketed because the world was anxious. You know, everyone was just on edge. And they lost all of those key people in their lives who supported them through that. They lost their teachers, their coaches, um, their doctors. They they just they couldn't connect their friends. And and it was a challenging time. Now I think really what COVID did was sped up what was gonna happen anyway. You know, it, it was coming. We were seeing it before, but, but they were isolated. They were at home. Um, they didn't have those outlets to relieve that stress and anxiety. And so it just, it just skyrocketed. And the other thing that I think has really come noticeable to me in the last few months and years is it's younger and younger. Yes. You know, it where I very rarely treated a four- to eight-year-old for a mental health. It just was, it wasn't common. Now it's, it's common. And, and these poor kids, they're struggling to stay in school. They're getting expelled from kindergarten. How do you get expelled from kindergarten? It just strikes me as so crazy. But they're, they're really struggling at how to manage those emotions and control those feelings. And, um, and the parents are doing the best they can. You know, it's a complex system. They don't know how to work through it. And they really do need our help.
0: And I'm sure that there's a lot of guilt around, you know, parents who I can't seem to figure out how to do this. But I'm sure that there's a lot of relief as well, knowing that they have a partner like you to help with this. I'm not in this by myself. I can at least, you know, depend upon somebody else to look at this and say, I'm not crazy. Yeah, this is not good there's somebody else in this, in the ring with me. Cause uh, I mean, you know, especially if you're a single mom and you, you know, th- that's hard enough. Um, and you need somebody to kind of be there to help pushing
2: that blow. Yeah. And I think all those pieces of the child's life matter as part of the story so that you understand that, that it is a single mom working three jobs that, you know, there was some abuse in the past that the child is recovering from. All of those pieces are so important so that you really understand what's going on. And the fact that you know that about the kiddo
1: and that you know that and you carry that, that that just says so much to me about the relationship that you have with your patients and like why they want to come talk to you about these things and why they feel comfortable opening up because, you know, for a lot of teenagers, they don't they don't want to talk about um, all those risky things that they're doing that could potentially get them into trouble. But they, I guess, they don't want to get in trouble, so they don't really want to talk, but they do need help. But the fact that they talk to you about it, I think,
2: that's now, incredible. Totally honest, not all will talk. I mean, yes. you know, oh, same. You, same. You, nope. mm-hmm. you do the best you can, and they're like, nope, nope, don't want to talk, <laughs> don't want to talk. You go, okay, can I find someone who you want to talk to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So God it's way. tough. And and you got to take care of the parents as well. Yes. yes. I mean, it's it, we we are in the unique position as pediatricians that we often have two patients in front of us, Ugh. particularly the young moms. You know, we talk about mental health of our teens, but you know, with our newborns, we gotta we we ask them, "How are you doing, mom? How are you doing, dad? How are y'all handling this?" Yes, because we see mental health creep in for those families as well, and then it impacts the babies. Yes, because if you're not taking
1: care of the whole family, kids do, correct kids do not get better in a vacuum.
2: Yeah.
0: So, what what tools do you have in your toolbox to actually help these kids get to a better place, or at least let's let's get them on sure footing?
2: Yeah, lots of tools, um, and and sometimes it's tools that I try to help the kids build as well. And so, community partners, our counselors, our psychologists, um, our family counselors, to work with the families. To, to help them gain those skills that they need. And, and we've got great partnerships with, with our team down at Cook to do that. Uh, sometimes it's medication. Uh, sometimes it's, it's using a medicine, and there's a lot of resistance to that. There's a lot of, of, of myth and uh, the number one thing I hear is, well, I don't want my kid to be a zombie. And I say, well, guess what? I don't want your kid to be a zombie either. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: and if they are, we're going to change this. Uh, right. But it, it's really, it's helping the families to understand that medications are a great tool. Sometimes we use one. Sometimes we use both. And and it's really helping the family to to know that this is the right thing for their child and this is going to help. Uh, and that's challenging. It's challenging to to bring them over to that. I was like, I bet that takes a lot of conversations. It often does, and sometimes it takes more than one conversation. And you have a conversation, and they say, "No, I'm not quite ready for that." And so then, you know, you circle back in two weeks. You know, hey, we talked about this. How are you feeling now? And sometimes they come around. And sometimes they don't. Um, and and we partner with the parents because we're a team to solve this for the kid. Uh, but it's it's really just trying to help them de- you know stigmatize that that. If you had high blood pressure, you're going to take a medicine. If you have a diagnosed medical mental illness, we need to treat that the same way. Yeah. you
0: know, um, you were one of 60 physicians at Cook Children's pediatricians who went through a program that kind of prepared you for this very thing. Tell us about what that was about.
2: Yeah, so there's actually now almost 100 of us oh, wow. that have done okay, it. Oh, wow. Okay, And we have. So we've done two cohorts through what's called REACH. Mm-hmm. And REACH is um, a national organization that focuses on exactly what we're talking about, training the primary care doctors to do this work, to give them the skills that mm-hmm. they need. And so it's a weekend-long training, and then we have follow-up calls where we bring difficult cases in and we talk about them and we problem-solve. And so the first group was all cook pediatricians. The second group was really great. And I got to observe that in that we brought in community physicians that were non-cook pediatricians. Really? Yeah. So we got to meet some of our colleagues out in the community and, and, and talk through problems. And what's been so great about it is it gave us all that confidence to do this and to feel like, okay, I'm, I have those tools in my toolkit. Like you mentioned, I know what to do. And it also – it had a very unexpected impact in that it's, it helped us feel connected to each other and bonded that we were in this together. Yeah. You know, I'm not out there like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing all by myself? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my colleagues feel as nervous and as scared sometimes about taking on this work. And we gave each other confidence. And then, wow. you know, we can kind of ping each other. Hey, I want to – what do you think about this? Have you ever tried this med? What do you mm-hmm. – you know, and, mm-hmm. and so we – it really supported us all in a way that we weren't expecting. Wow,
1: I was um, in on the initial training mm-hmm. as an observer as well, and I mean, this is so it, it's intense. It, it is. Is it, is it, it really? It, oh yeah. I mean, it's. Let's see. What was it? Eight eight hours on Saturday. Probably it's about twenty hours total. Five or six on Friday. Mm-hmm. Five or six on. on sa- Sunday. I mean, it was intense. Yeah. But I mean, but we still we had a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. And here I am
1: on the weekends learning about psychiatry. But, like, but, I mean, there was a DJ and it was, I mean, it was funny. And then, like, there was all
2: the, I don't know. Like, I agree with you. Like, it really was a bonding experience. Nobody dropped off. Like, day one, we had 60. At the end of 20 hours, we had 60. I mean, they, everybody hung out because it was was just like, wow. But And the training's incredible. Yeah. it. I
1: mean, it, it really, like, they do such a good job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's good. Because now is the time. I mean, good. Good grief. It is accelerating, and we're seeing more of these children and their issues and their problems. And why not equip you so that you feel confident in dealing with with the problems that are coming in front of you? I
1: was initially really nervous about um, having the training because I know how um, emotionally draining it can be to, to see a lot of kiddos with anxiety and depression. And so I was really nervous about um, – taking on these type of patients, burning out our pediatricians. I was, because you also are managing so many other things and the time is more limited, but, and uh, Dr. Phillips, you can tell me how you think this has gone. I've been surprised that I think it's actually helped in some ways because I think pediatricians have felt so helpless. Like Mm. they see kids that they care about get worse and worse and worse and just not feeling like they had the tools to help. And so I think it's been empowering, but, I bet there's, like, two sides to that story.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think you're right. I do think it has empowered us. I think that unexpected consequence of bringing us together on a common goal, a common battle. I mean, you know, we are like, yeah, let's get it. Um, I think that's good. But there are days that, you know, like you say, I don't know how you do it some days because I'll have an afternoon that I have five or six in a row. and it's, wow. It's tough. Yeah. And it's you have really to, hard sometimes. You, you do. You have to, to do your best and, and leave some of that at the office. Yeah.
0: So with all of that,
2: who's asking
0: you how you are?
2: Mostly my, my dear friends and my family. Um, I'm very lucky that, that I have a lot of great supports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I have a great church home, and they take great care of me. Mm. So uh, I lean on that a lot. Do you worry about some of your colleagues who don't have that kind of support? I do. I do. And, uh, you know, I try to be very intentional as a leader mm. in, in some of my my different hats I wear of of doing that, checking in. How are you? Mm. Know that you're loved. Mm-hmm. Know that you are appreciated for everything you do. Because we all need to hear that sometimes. Sure, sure. We do. Absolutely yeah. do. Absolutely.
0: I know I worry about it because um okay, you know, I was on my favorite app. The TikTok. Of TikTok.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> what what is Winnie going to do if TikTok is outlawed?
0: <laughs> I, 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 we need I a podcast be, and an interview. I'm, I'm taking to the streets. <laughs> She's I moving. I am taking to changing the Changing countries. Yeah. I'm, Find the boy, nearest country is, with TikTok. I'm going to be out in the streets protesting. We're going to be. <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> but um, one of the segments that I saw, um, you know, it outlined um, professions that had the highest um, incidence of suicide. And it went from 10 to 1. And the number one was medical physicians. And I, I was like, oh, geez. This, this, I, you know, and I think about all the people I know and the people that, you know, I'm trying to tell their stories and support them the way that PR supports the physicians and how we want to help tell the story. And and it just breaks my heart, you know, because, again, they're not, you know, there are some people who are not like you, who, who don't have that great support and who are looking at this workload and looking at what I'm trying to do. And I'm not, do, I don't feel like I'm doing any good at it. Um, and how do you find those people and say, wait, 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 though. I, I see you. You're doing well. And just like you said, you're valued. We 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 see what you're doing and we really care about you. So it just makes you want to call people on the phone. Hey, how's it? How's it going? You wanna watch something with me on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, you know, I really do feel I really do feel for, you know, the physicians and the and the weight that they carry because it's a lot it is a lot trying to do and i don't know why she's not an alcoholic i, uh, I how do you know i'm not I, <laughs> because the, are you okay <laughs> I'm
1: not, because today the, yes because
0: <laughs> I, I don't know how i could listen to it all day and then still want to give my all and give my best but i don't see it you know coming up i don't see it really helping but you know it's just it's just a struggle But I just want to recognize the fact that you see the struggle of the children, but I see your struggle too.
1: And and I think also like you were saying with your leadership position, you've I have a feeling you're an empath like I am, and you can feel the emotion like everyone's emotions. And maybe you I feel the weight sometimes in the medical center, like when there's really hard things, um, and that's really heavy. And so I think I'm I'm sure um, you felt that weight too, and that's really that's hard. But then we have
0: colleagues down but then we have know? great moments like, <laughs> like like yes we do conjoined twins that that it's amazing you know, that are separated or and... or 60 to 100 pediatricians absolutely
1: giving up their weekend right 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 that they're already busy and stressed out from the pandemic yeah. to come take on more intense work right like, and that and, is and people
0: from the communities wanting to get join in so there there's a lot of hope here there really is there's a lot of hope
2: here yeah one of one of the doctors that did the very first training she sent me uh an email about two months after and it kind of touched on what you were talking about Mm -hmm. she said that doing this work was fighting her burnout Mm -hmm. that feeling because it gave her that sense of empowerment so so I, i think it's it's and and she might be unique we're mm-hmm. all different but mm-hmm. for her and i bet she's not alone mm-hmm. that doing this new work taking on this new this new issue and really seeing a difference that she was able to make that it it helped her
0: and having tools and an approach and now that's a right. way that i could connect with other people to find out why would you do this or how did you do that or can we do it you know it, it that that community yes you found your tribe <laughs> love it love it that's very good Wow. Okay. This has been good. I
1: know. I knew it would be.
0: (laughs) I knew it would be.
1: Well, thank you so much um, for coming on. Um, Who wants to go first on, you know, our usual tradition? What what are Um, we grateful for?
0: What are we grateful for? I'll go first. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) I am so grateful um, for our Cook Children's family of pediatricians who are the most compassionate and hardworking individuals, honestly, I've ever met in my entire life. And they often do it to their own detriment. Um, and just watching their willingness to do everything for the child, which is our, you know, our whole mission statement at Cook, they, they really embody that. Um, and I just feel so lucky to work with them every day.
0: It's a true. It's true. I, I'm grateful that I get to tell the stories. I'm grateful that my team gets to tell the, the good stories, the wonderful stories, the things that, the efforts that we're making, the things that we're doing to make these kids, their families, the community, um, you know, our area better. Um, it, it It is such a, a privilege to support the work of the physician. It is just, it is a privilege for us to be able to do that. And so I'm always grateful for the ability to, uh, walk alongside, but not really. <laughs> but, you, do you... but shore up, you know, with with good stories. I love I love doing that. That's what kept me for seventeen years. I never thought I'd be here this long. Uh, I thought four years and I'm out. But, <laughs> but the stories just kept. The stories just kept getting better and better and better. And to your point, you can see people who are being very passionate about what they're doing and 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 really really want to do uh, an incredible job and. And I'm like, well, I got to tell these stories. Where, where am I going? You, you know, I and I worked at Walt Disney World. I thought nobody could get any better than that. But, but him, They have good know, stories. They, they, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but being able, to, it really made it worthwhile to me. You know, there's value in the work that we're doing because we get to do that support work. And so I'm grateful for that, for that ability.
2: As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking so many things I'm grateful for, but um, I am grateful for all the support that we get from our mental health specialists and that you see us, that you see us for what we need. You see us for the challenges and support us. And so I'm really grateful for that because we can't do it by ourselves. I totally agree we cannot. You, you, we cannot
1: address All the crisis this. by our, yeah. like no one can do it on their own yep. well,
0: together
1: yay, yay! <laughs> <laughs> we did it
0: <laughs> oh guys well thank you guys for joining us today Dr. Phillips thank you again we really love having you and we'll have you back for something else I don't know we'll figure it out okay my pleasure <laughs> after she gets slimed <laughs> oh! <laughs> <They're saying. laughs> oh. oh that's right that's right that is right well thank you guys so much for joining us Uh, Just remember, until next time, just breathe. Open up. You You matter. matter.